Yeah, because even like when he first hooked up, hooked me up with like Ricky and the Heisman crew and all that. I mean, man, that's like early stage. Like when Ricky first came on the show, they hadn't even dropped Heisman in stores or anything yet. It was just merch. They didn't even have the tree like available. That's for right. And they had like the Brady wearing the jersey and the you know or holding the jersey. That was, that was the next. That was the next year like that he came. Like oh, that was, that was the next year already. That was like oh, after the yeah. Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So the first one he came on, it was like October of 2021. Yeah, 21. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. That's right. Then he came on after the Rams won that thing. Yeah. And then he came on another time a couple months after that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we did the Monday night watch party with him, and that was fucking super dope. And uh, and Ricky's repping the IDP life because all football players, you know, matter, not just the offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Just because we're in mid-season form and mid-game form, might as well get over and switch it up to the halftime here. Let's see what this is all about. We got that that Eli bananing. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> That's one of their more clever names. Yeah. I like it. And that was funny. That was one of the things that Ricky was super excited to talk about, too, how they have fun with, like, the names of the strains because he was like we have the pre-game and post-game and you know all that but we have fun with the names of the strains too and it's always you know it's always something on brand with the genetics but it was just funny like he liked he definitely got gets a kick out of uh, getting to name them and uh, Hess said how was the skittles worth okay let me pull it back out here because yeah if i'm gonna be a sommelier i better be getting my sommelier in on over here so let me see. So. A man. <laughs> Let's go. So I like the Skittles worth. I mean, it was more, it wasn't super gassy. It was like, and this isn't really the best nug, but I was pulling off of this one. So it's got some orangish hairs in there. You know, the rich greenery. It's, uh, it's definitely more of like fruity, kind of citrusy versus like gassy, <laughs> but hit real smooth, hit real smooth. And. Got the instant instant head rush, you know, from it as well. So, so it's a little sativa. Yeah, that's what you want on a sativa. You want you want to get that instant like head rush. Yeah, and has said not gassy at all. Yeah, not at all. It and uh, yeah, he said it's got to be more of a citrus chill. Yep, exactly. So real smooth, and you kind of, I mean, you the sativas. You want a sativa to smack you in the face a little bit. Just feel like it is kind of like that headband, you know, ish feeling. And that's kind of what I got from that one. Hey man, you know, a good sativa, bro. I just started solving equations, bro. I just, I was like, oh, get to the whiteboard, bro. Uh, uh, just fucking equations, bro. And Ricky just shot me a text and he said, I'll be right there. So he will, uh, he'll be in shortly. Be in shortly. I'm telling you, bro. That good sativa. Oh, and there we go. Right as right as I say that, right as I saw it, because I saw the text a few a few minutes ago. But here he is, Ricky Williams is in the house. Four twenty crew, let's show some love. Hey, what up, Ricky? I'm great. What's going on? What I'm up, smoking. Ricky? What up? How you doing, Smoke, bro? Smoking on some of the uh, the Eli bananing right oh. now because we're in mid game, mid season form right now, so. Where'd you yeah. get that from? They sent it over. Lane, oh. Lane, sent, Lane sent it over, made sure we had some flavors for yeah. the show, for the big yeah. smoke sesh. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I'm trying to be a weed sommelier over here. So <laughs> I explained how that was. And 
Yeah. I, I just smoked the Skittles worth and super citrusy. Yeah. Kind of gave me a little smack in the face, you know, like we want sativas to do. Yeah. And fruity. Up right. Yeah. yeah. Nice and fruity. That's probably, that's probably my favorite of the first cultivars that we released. Nice. Even the, I came up with the name because it was a, <laughs> it's a Jesus OG and a watermelon Skittles cross. And, okay. and everyone was like, oh, we're stuck, you know, we're having difficult, difficulty coming up with the name. And maybe it's my age. You know, I remember he got game. Yeah, he got like, game. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, Jesus Skittlesworth. And then, and my wife was like, what's that? I was like, oh. I was like, oh. Until <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we watched it, you know, and there's a scene like early in the movie where he comes to his uncle's house and he has a present for his, for his sister. And it's a bag of Skittles. And I was like, okay, this is meant to be. It's yeah. To be. Yeah. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so how's everything been with you ricky how's how's the heisman life it's great you know we're hustling i think we just did we just killed it this past month december in, in pennsylvania so it, it's exciting you know because we go into a new market and we're not exactly sure how it's going to go but it's you know blowing our expectations out of the water pun intended so it's yeah <laughs> And I know we had a few people who they live in. Was it Massachusetts? Where'd you go before? Were you were in Massachusetts recently, Massachusetts, right? Like yeah. yeah, there's a couple of people yeah. who said they yeah, they went over there, were able to grab some of the Heisman. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm on a world, a world tour, you know, going up <laughs> to Seattle tomorrow. It's nice, you know, we're in, we're about to go into Arizona before the Super Bowl. And so it's nice spreading, you know, spreading our wings and being able to visit these different markets and get to know who's sparking greatness around this country. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And shout out to our man, Derek, who's in New Jersey. He keeps saying, we got to get it in New Jersey. He's waiting for it. We're coming. coming. <laughs> yeah. He said they got like the weed mall out there. <laughs> He's like, it's like a weed mall, but they don't got the Heisman. We'll make the phone call. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll tell you though, like the traveling this way intentionally and getting to see what's going on in each of the different markets and how people like interact with cannabis is mind blowing, you know, because it's like you go to different teams and different fans have different traditions. It's kind of the same thing in the cannabis world. People have different modes of consumption, you know, different ideas, different tastes and cultivars. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Growing up in Cali, I mean, it's crazy because like, you know, I mean, this just seems like the lifestyle Californians were living for like forever. What, what do you think like some of these new places, you know, like Boston, Pennsylvania, like what's the reaction out there now that weed's like completely legal out there? You remember that scene in Half Baked where he goes in and he realizes like all the weed that's there and he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's like that. It's kind of like, it feels kind of like that, but I'm awesome. kind of joking, but it's what you were saying, like growing up in San Diego and just being around it all the time, you know, it just was part of it. It's just part of the lifestyle, but yeah, in, place, yeah. in other, in these other markets where it's been highly <laughs> illegal and there really hasn't been that culture is new. And it's not as mature and advanced, but because it's new, it's bringing new perspectives and new ideas and different kinds of people into the mix. You know, and I think that's what I'm most excited about of the future of cannabis is, you know, it was such a small group of us for a long time. And as that group yeah. gets larger and larger, you get more diversity, you know, more, yeah. more different opinions, different perspectives. Yeah. And I really think, especially here, 420 crew. I mean, that's our community here. I feel like it's one of the most diverse like communities around because like all races, all religions, I mean, multiple countries that were spread across. And so 
yeah it's it's Different awesome species <laughs> i'm telling you at the end of the that's funny at the end of the day though it's real because i tell people you know cannabis did way more for me than football did and you know there's more cannabis fans in the world than there are american football fans so yeah for sure especially now that they don't have to be everyone doesn't have to hide it you know exactly. i mean now we're finally getting open out there well yeah. at least everywhere else yeah finally made it to the playoffs like this is my favorite <laughs> this is my favorite time of year yeah favorite time yeah. of year and Marco, our man, we call him, yeah, he's Marco from the future because he's yeah, in Germany. Because he's in Germany. <laughs> so he's ahead of us here. And he says, happy birthday. And he says, who will win this weekend and who will win the Super Bowl? Why don't we start there? You got any thoughts on your favorite to win, Ricky? Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The Super Bowl? The go yeah. all the way? Yeah. So be because I grew up in San Diego, I have to give my hometown pick the Chargers. I think they've been really hot, you know, playing well towards the end of the season. But uh, but aside from my hometown pick, I live in LA now, so they're still kind of my home team. I really like the Bengals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know why I love the Bing the Bengals? Because they're led by a Sagittarius, Mighty <laughs> Joe Young. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Mighty Joe Young, bro. Yeah, take your shot. Oh, yeah. Big, yes. I'm going to be on. And even though ever since the Chargers left San Diego, I've cut the alliance from them because uh, San Diego and LA, you know, I mean, that, that might as well be New York and Boston, you know, like, I mean, it's usually not cheering for the other teams over there. I'm going to put, and the Chargers have been, they've been slacking, man. Like <laughs> leave it up to them to <laughs> lose a winning, a meaningless game like that. And just like, totally look like you're going to be a one and, and get some of their players injured in the process. Yeah, like Williams getting hurt. Like that was all bad. <laughs> I think I'm going to put it on Mahomes. I really think just, the, the, their defense, I mean, it's, I think it's better than when they actually won the Super Bowl and they were kind of like maybe one of the worst defenses to ever like win a Super Bowl. Their offense was just so polarizing. Andy Reid's got them clicking. People are getting healthy. I'm nervous about Kadarius Tony because he seems like he just he hurts people around him somehow. But outside of that, I think it's going to be Mahomes leading them to victory. You know, he, uh, you know, I thought about the Chiefs, but you know what I've noticed in playoff football, okay, is that. You know, you got time to prepare and you got all this game film. And if you don't have like dogs, I don't mean one. You can't do it with just one one star player. You gotta have dogs. You know? Yeah. And I just think KC defense looks good. They got Mahomes, but I don't see on offense. They don't have dogs. Like the game they lost to, to the to Tom Brady and the Bucks, right? Yeah. You can see he, Mahomes played his ass off. Played his ass off, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. 
That was yeah. Le- it's crazy because that game, I mean, IDP life, you know, Levante David, he covered Travis Kelsey for 100% of that game. Like he wanted that challenge. And it, it, I said that he should have been the MVP because if he's not covering Kelsey that whole time, like he, Kelsey gets more than two catches or whatever he had. But yeah, yeah we're going to, we're going to see. We're going to see. What about this think, weekend? I also think the Bucks are going to be dangerous. No, I'm picking the Bucks. I'm picking the Bucks over the Cowboys for sure. I think the Bucks get past. The we got a lot of Cowboy fans in the chat too, and they yeah. didn't want to see Tom Brady in the first round. Yeah, I understand why. I understand why. You know, <laughs> like you let Tom Brady. The Cowboys in play scared. Yeah, exactly. That's the game I'm probably most look most looking forward to. Then I got the Vikings. Right, you know, I already talked about my Chargers. Love the 49ers defense. You know, I saw. Yeah, they, let's go, they, bang bang. Did to my Dolphins. Can't, um, I hate to do this, but I think the Bills. I think the Bills are going to get the fins. You know, I, I already told you what I think about the Bengals. Yeah. It's crazy. What do you think about the whole with everything happening with Tua? I mean, that's NFL is going to be. I mean, they already have been changing with the concussions, but all this Tua happening in prime time, it seems like everything's like going to start changing a lot more. You know, here's what I said this on Levitard. I was talking to Dan Levitard earlier this year, and I felt bad after I said it because he, he started killing it when he came back. But I said, football's not for everyone, you know? And, yeah. and two has shown, and, and I'm not doing what everyone else does and say he's injury prone. That's not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe football, maybe NFL football is not for everyone. You know, it's a rough game. And if you can't take that pounding, you know? And he's a wee little man for football standards, right? You know what I mean? I mean, if, if you have the best, if you have the best offensive line, he gets well, rid matters. of the ball quick, but it only one hit as we see, you know, it only yeah. takes one hit yeah. and you and can't you be playing, you can't play scared. I mean, you can't go into the, you can't go into a game thinking, you know, we have a quarterback that if he gets hit, he's out of the game. He's a great player. He's intelligent. Yeah. He's smart. He's electric. But the reality is that football, this game is not for. Let me ask you some. Because like you said, you, know, you don't play scared, right? You know, like, I like that you said that because it was, it, it kind of goes along the lines of what I wanted to ask you. Like, you know, in, so in the week 18 with the Chargers, they, it was a meaningless game, but they played their starters all the way into like the third quarter. So is that like, so, but, but how, what do you think is going on sidelines? Like, do the players just want to keep playing, like staying red? Because then one of their players ended up getting hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is that like, is that a coaching call? Like, is it a philosophical thing? What do you think is the reason why he let them play that deep when, it was like a blowout and it was like a meaningless game to begin with. Inexperience. Inexperience. Okay. okay. So, so I was at a, last year, was it last year? I think mean, it was earlier this year. I was at a, was at a, I was at the opening, the first game of the season, the Rams game. And Mookie Betts was in the suite with me and also the, one of the owners of the Dodgers, you know, and at this point, the Dodgers had already clinched. They're in the playoffs and they were having this discussion about how much to play the guys towards the end of the year. You know, we want them to be fresh for the playoffs. And the owner's perspective was, we want to rest them. We want the guys fresh. Mookie was like, hell no. Nah. We want to, we need to play so we're not cold and we're, we keep that rhythm going. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing with the Chargers is inexperience. And it is a philosophical thing. But as a coach, as a player, it takes multiple experiences in order to build up your philosophy. And so this is hopefully, right, learning the hard way. It's a mistake, but they're going to learn from it. Because you get to the end of the season and you have to find that balance between how much do my guys need to be to stay sharp? How much do they need to play to stay sharp, right? And how much rest do they need to still be sharp and be ready for the playoffs? And I think, you know, I had a mentor and he said, if you walk the fence, you're not quite sure. You always get impaled. So you just got to make a choice. And I think they just weren't, they weren't quite sure. 
I want to keep saying about the Chargers. They just I love that choice of words real quick. My bad to cut you out. He said, you get impaled. It's very, <laughs> I like descriptive things. And that, you know what I mean? That's right through them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess with the Chargers specifically for me, they just always figure out a way to charger it up. It's been this way my entire <laughs> life. And I wish they would fix it, but... It's always, at the, it's always at the end of the season, too. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Williams, I mean, that's such a big blow if he can't play. And even if he can play, he's not going to be at 100%. But everyone wants to play in the playoffs. We know that. And look at Dennis. I don't know if we can get a Skull Vikings from Ricky, but he said, yo, Hustler, can I get Ricky to give me a Skull Vikings? Skull! Hopefully, I wish I had a Skull to drink from. Then we'd be good. <laughs> what do you think about the Vikings? I mean, kind of their defense has kind of been suspect, even though, like, for fantasy, like, they're actually amazing, but... It seems like some teams, like, I don't know, like Justin Jefferson, I really think he needs to hit the weights or something because he gets bullied by some of these top corners. It happens. I mean, I think especially, you know, when I played in Miami, we had two corners, and they were really good at putting their hands on and bullying young receivers, you know? And, and the quarterback would get so frustrated when teams would just play us man because our receivers <laughs> wouldn't be able to get open. And so part of growing in this league is you have to realize when you have a big year that all the other teams are going to be gunning for you and you have to keep up in your game and maybe part of up in his game for next year, you know, working on the release and getting in the weight room. Yeah. Cause man, it's crazy. He got blanked in like three of the games and it, I mean, Darius Slay, Jeff Okuda, I forget who the last, Jair Alexander. So, I mean, we are talking, you know, some of the real dogs at the QB cornerback position and they but, held them down. But th this is what I was saying earlier about at the end of the year, right? You got all the film and you hear people say it's about the NFL. It's the copycat league. If, yeah. if a team shuts you down, you better bet all the teams you're playing later that year are watching that film and they're going to try to do exactly what that team did to shut you down. What's crazy though is Darius Slay shut him down in week two. Jeff Okuda shut him down in week three. It took all the way until Green Bay playing him week 17 before someone really blanked him again. So I'm surprised. And we even broke it down. We I showed the whole video. Someone put it on YouTube, like every single play. And it was just Okuda, like punking him at the line. Like I'm surprised more people didn't try to do it. But So here's the other part of that, right? So a team, you know, you finish the game on Sunday. The coaches, sometimes Sunday night, but definitely Monday night, right? After reviewing the previous film, they're already starting the game plan. Yeah. And so when coaches are game planning, they get, they have two things. They have to say, what do we do well, okay, and what has worked against this team? And they have to find a balance. Do we just stick with what we do well, or do we take on some of the things that this other team does well? And so some teams, they know they can't play man, and they can't they don't trust their defense to put the corners up tight, and so they won't do it even though it worked in the past. They have to have faith in their system and the way that they yeah. do things. Yeah. Hey, he wanted to say what's up to Ricky Williams. Say what's up, dude. It's his birthday today. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, makes sense. I mean, not everyone's Jeff Okuda. Not everyone is Darius Slay. Like, that's for sure. Cornerback is just seems, I mean, that's the, like, seems like that's the toughest position to play out of everywhere. I know everywhere is tough, but you got to run backwards and you got to be faster than this wide receiver. And you got to be able to figure out where the ball is while you're not looking at it, all that kind of stuff. And you got to come up and hit people sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to come up yeah. and hit big running backs like, like Derrick Henry coming to the outside. Ooh. Yeah. Derrick Henry's a beast. And he got like literal 33 inch arms too. So he just, ha! you know, I mean, you also got to worry about like becoming a highlight reel, but on the exactly. other end of it. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> 
And shout out to Juggernaut. He said, happy birthday, Huss. And he said, salute to the whole 420 crew. Salute to you, Ricky and Heisman. And he said, fast forward to the off season. What do you Bears do with the number one pick? <laughs> oh, I think they should trade it. They have yeah, to, right? I think they should trade it. They, I mean, if, do you, like, if they love their quarterback, I think they should yeah, trade think- the pick and build. Yesterday on our news show, they did come out with the news saying that they're committed to field. So at least they gave that that verbal that we've been waiting for if they were going to keep them. Or... What do you think about field? So I like them. The one thing that sucks is the Bears not giving them any weapons to throw to. Like, I mean, look at like Lamar Jackson's like similar situation. Well, not similar because coaching and everything's completely different. But you got this guy who can run. He can throw the team on his back, but he's got nobody to throw to. Like, yeah, that, got no weapons. And like you know, like the, he has like his offensive line, you know what I mean? It, it issues. I mean, he just takes all these hits, and you know that's really what happened. He got battered, and I got hot when they wouldn't let him. He was sixty yards away from getting the record. I mean, like I know he wanted to get that too, and it was against Detroit, you know. And at that point, Detroit was giving a booty on the ground, so <laughs> he would have got that. See, just, all he needed sixty one. Man, he would have. Uh, you know what I mean? For the record, for the glory. Let's see Antino over-exaggerate and said Fields equals Michael Vick. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that comparison? Because we heard a lot of that all year. It's too early to say that. I say Fields is going to be Fields. I say Michael Vick had weapons, right? We can say that. But obviously, he's, you know, explosive with his legs. But something about Mike being a lefty, it just was, there was something special about Mike. So, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Too early to say. Yeah. Too early to say. And Hess said Fields is a Pisces. Oh, so, so is uh, so is Tua, so is Tua. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so Pisces, Pisces have the, like the big thing about Pisces is their imagination. You know, if I had a quarterback who was a Pisces, I want to say it's another quarterback who's a, there's a couple of quarterbacks Her- who are Pisces. Herbert and Roethlisberger are the two that yes. make it made it into the top ten over the last ten years. Yes, yes, yes. So with. Right, I think with a Pisces player, you got to let them use their imagination, right? You got to give them space to improvise and do their thing. You try to put them in a box and too rigid, you know, they're not going to be able to do it. But if you give them space, Pisces will work magic. I've seen it with Ben firsthand. He beat us in Miami one year and did just magic stuff. Got in the end zone at the, as the time ticked away and beat us. You know, Justin Fields definitely has that. He could create. You know what I mean? It's weird because Tua, I don't know. I always said Tua was timid. You know what I mean? Like, you just, <laughs> he took them hits. Why don't they get him a right play. tackle that can protect him, too? If you're going to have a lefty, you got to blind side. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this a little earlier. And, like, when you're building a team, right, you got to say, right, because you only have, you have a salary. You don't have so much money to work with, right? So you got to say, like, what are we going to build our team around? Are we going to say we're going to play really tough defense and run the ball? Are we going to? play Ben don't break defense and get a lot of weapons on offense and air it out. You know, you, you got to pick, you got to pick what you're going to do. And then you have to invest and find the right kind of players to fit in that system. And you see, I saw when I was playing coaches, you know, they'd be missing a couple of players to truly fit their system. But when they get those players, it takes off. I think yeah. it's so important. I think for coaches to be clear on what they want to do and then to attract the kind of talent that can fit into that system. Do you think, uh, I- Who's going to come over to Miami? How about that? Not even if two is going to stay. Who do we think is going to be the QB of Miami next year? I don't know. I don't know, but I definitely don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be Tua. Yeah. yeah. That, that, it Brady. seems like they're a quarterback away. Give me Brady for the win. 
Brady, Jimmy G, maybe. I mean, anyone with ties to the old San Francisco. Mm, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I think Miami needs to just go for like the, the superstar quarterback. Yeah. You know, just go, just take a shot, right? I think ever since Marino has just been pretty good, just above average quarterbacks. Yeah. You know? I think we need to do something about that. And what up, Hess? He said TB12 to Miami. And that, I like it. We've been talking about that for a little while. And uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Defense is prime. That defense is prime to win. And uh, what do you, I mean, just, I know what you probably think about their offense, but did you think that they would do, I mean, Tyreek? Hell no. Hell no. 1,700 yards. Hell no. Hell no. They shocked everybody. You know, I'd say, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I say that to me this past year, that was the most fun offense to watch consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals are fun to watch. Bengals are fun to watch. You know, I'm a running back, so I appreciate a solid run game. You know, and I think just Joe, like, he's on point here. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Mixon. Mr. Sir Sir Joe Mixon. Mixon He likes touchdowns and he cannot lie. <laughs> yeah, Sergio Mixlot is the man. And okay, what about uh, all right? The whole hey, Sergio Mixlot's from the Bay. He's not far from where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, he's from Antioch. The Demar Hamlin, like discharged from the hospital and everything. We were like on Demar watch like this whole time. Can you think of any time that you ever like? I mean, that was the first time they ever suspended a game. Can you think of any time that was anywhere close to what happened? Mm-mm. I mean, because the NFL doesn't suspend games for it. I mean, they suspended games for 9 11. Mm-hmm. And they'll, might, they'll post, I mean, they'll make us go inside when there's lightning. But that's this is the first time I've ever seen a game suspended like that. Yeah. And can you remember any injuries that happened that was like anywhere close to that? I mean, we saw a grown man crying on the side like right away. Like, I mean, I think they were thinking what we were all thinking like, is he like legit, like dead? Yeah, it's scary, you know, because I think to be to play football, you have to kind of put that those ideas like in the back of your mind. Because if you're thinking yeah. about them, like we said, you play scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you put them in the back of your mind, it doesn't mean that they can't happen. And when they do happen, they rush really quickly back to up to the front of your mind, and you have to deal you have to deal with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a larger majority of players retire after this season than we have in a while. You know, mm-hmm. because football is a wonderful game, but as a man playing the game, you got this, you got important decisions to make. You know. Because there's going to be a certain point where the risk is not worth it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and to happen to such a young man too, and then on you know on national with on, with a national audience, that was a some we'll all never forget because we've all never experienced that. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it wasn't so- even because of a crazy hit. I mean, just the flukiness of the accident, like literally, like. A millisecond earlier or later, it doesn't happen an inch up or down or any direction. It doesn't happen. Like, that's the thing that makes it a little bit crazier. So, you know, to me, it brings it brings a, like a, a larger question, you know, into the mix. And because it is that when something you realize is a millisecond, you know, different, it's different. To me, it, that's not a coincidence. You know, right. it's not a coincidence. And I, you know, checking out Tamar's Instagram, you know, and it seems like him going through the experience, right? That's something like that changes somebody, you know? Yeah. And so when you can zoom out and not be caught up in the football thing and you realize in the larger scheme of life, like this was a powerful moment in his life. Yeah. Right. And this is why I love astrology because it, it can give us a hint or a clue 
to be prepared for these kind of powerful moments. And then we're not taken by surprise and even better, we can actually utilize them in positive ways. Did you try to look up his chart or anything like that to see if- I, I did, I, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a birth time, but you know, anytime that there's an accident like that or any kind of violence, always Mars is always involved. And of course, looked at his chart, Mar Mars is always involved. Crazy. Yeah. Man, but yeah, shout out to him. I mean, they said he's going to be able to be rehabbing with the team right now. And yeah. the only other athlete that we heard about this happening to was NHL Chris Pronger. And he was able to get out there and play and he played like a thousand more games or something like that. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back. I'm curious, you know, as fans, like how did that affect, how did that affect you guys? I mean, I was shook, you know, like, I mean, he was someone, we talk about this a lot. Like we were telling people about DeMar Hamlin on our show after Micah Hyde got hurt because we cover the defense. Mm -hmm. So like, we were like invested as him as like, you know, fantasy yeah. guys. Like hey, we call these guys, we yeah. call them all our children. The ones that nobody know who they are, you know, we're yeah. bringing them to That's life. a run on joke on our show. It's like all the players, the young players that people don't know about, we put them on them when we see them prosper. Like, see, look at our kids out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> these are our children right here. And you know, and then like, it was just, it was crazy in prime time seeing that. And on the Monday night, on, on week seven to close week 17 and for context week 17 that that's the championship week for fantasy so like it that would, game meant like everything for like 90 percent of fantasy football managers is a really important game Crazy. like the championship match people you know a lot of a lot of people have you know you know josh allen and joe burrow and, and what's crazy is like after that thing happens with Hamlin is, is like you've seen some ugliness out of people like because of their fantasy league, you know what I mean? Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, not wanting to split the pot or not, you know, just these little petty little issues. So when, how did you guys handle that? Did you just take the points when the game ended and said, that's yeah, it? Or much. did you? Yeah. And yeah. we just encouraged, I mean, for the, cause a lot of these leagues has money involved. So yeah. a lot of times. And, like, and there's a lot of big money leagues too. Like, you know what I mean? That like that we're involved in. So it was like, you know what I mean? But you've seen some ugliness, some ugliness out of people. Cause just like, you know, they can't understand like, yo, someone's life is like at stake. You know what I mean? Like it's bigger than fantasy, but you know what I mean? So since say the least, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, we were streaming was, uh, here on the show. It sent shockwaves. We were streaming here on the show. And then like, you know, Monday night football is pretty much shut down and there's all these people trying to find answers and everything. So I just felt like I was a little bit of that info just mm. kind of given yeah, the. Yeah. He stayed on for like six day. hours. Oh, wow. Put yeah. It I, in, huh? Yeah, I was shrooming on the show, like, tough. I was tripping. I was like, damn, like, do we see him? Do we see Brad just, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. then my girl's a nurse, so she, and she's watching upstairs, so she comes out, oh, my God, this is another, the, you know what I mean? Like, telling me all the things that it could be, and I'm like, whoa, like, poor kid, you know what I mean? Like, it was- And how hard. about how about Peyton Hillis as well? Like, prayers for him right now. I know they said he's in critical condition. He saved, like, his his- his kid, I believe, in, yeah, in, what he, in the ocean saved yeah. his kid, I think, like plural. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so yeah. he's in critical condition right now, also. And I think everything with Damar is kind of overshadowing, like everything happened with him right now. Man. That happened, I, like, I want to say, the same week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it like days, days after. I think it's a week ago. Yeah. 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 So prayers out for Peyton Hillis. He's in the fraternity of mine for sure. So hopefully he makes it through. He's fun to watch. I got to play against him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> how was that? How was that? How was he in? I mean, we only remember him from the one big year in the NFL, but. 
No, he was impressive, you know, because especially when you see the big fullback, you know, rumbling down the field, kind of like Mike Allstop. But he was, Peyton was great because he catched the ball out of the backfield. He was like an H-back that could run the ball from the tight end position. You know, yeah. and again, it's just, when you know, great white hope when you see him come in and like compete. <laughs> I'm being real, okay? It's like, it's exciting. <laughs> it's a gym, he's a gym rat. It's like a unicorn. I mean, I call it Christian McCaffrey the unicorn, you know what I mean? Because you ain't never seen the white boy like, like, oh, he's crazy. Like, he does it all. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he's amongst the, uh, yeah, the white running back fraternity for sure. Like, definitely in the top 10 yeah. up there. And uh, you should, we should do, we should do something on that. Like, the top 10 white running backs. Will, yeah. we, even get, will we even get to 10? I mean, <laughs> Danny Woodhead. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we can get to Theo Theo Riddick. Riddick. Hold on, was Theo Riddick white? No. No, uh, he was white. <laughs> uh, oh. Nah, nah. I'm sure, I bet you there's a list. <laughs> I know there's a list, but I'm curious if we can get to... If we can get was was Ryan Matthews mixed? Was he white? I can't remember. Yeah, he, he was mixed. He was mixed. Yeah, he was like mixed. Um, nope, that don't count. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. It really all starts with, with Peyton Hillis and CMC, and then we got to like. We got Larry Zonka. We got Larry Zonka. Oh, bro, come on, go. Rex Burkhead. Come on. Oh, yeah, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, sexy Rex. Mar Marco loves Rex Burkhead. It's funny. Marco from the future, he actually called the Rex Burkhead touchdown. Like this year, he was like, trust me, Rex Burkhead is definitely scoring a touchdown today. And it was the super fluky touchdown where like someone fumbled it like right into the end zone and he just happened to jump on top of it. But man, I mean, he called it. it. He's from the future, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Hess, you're the man. He said that it was it was cathartic for the 420 crew to be able to process that together for sure. Yeah, because I mean, that's really what it was, man. People didn't want to be alone. And so I just, I mean, there was more people on that stream, like just like looking for an outlet to ask questions or really just hang out and smoke. And a lot of people who found us, you know, for the first time there, they've been coming back ever since for the smoke sessions. Oh, wow. Cathartic. To oh, Toby like Gearhart. Toby oh, wow. There the we go. Call Marty. Because I bet everyone hated Toby Gearhart when he went to the Vikings. I know Marty's a Vikings fan. That's when he actually did really bad, right? When he was supposed to be the guy. Oh, <laughs> oh bro, what? Zach Zenner? Nah. <laughs> I was saying that jokingly. I was like, so what? I, was, I want Ricky. So it's the playoffs. Best time of, you said your favorite, one of your favorite times of the year. What? Yeah. Uh, what's a big playoff moment that you could think of, whether it's when you were playing or not? Mm, I only played in three playoff, two playoff games. So I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of playoff experience. Let me see. I think the, the comeback with the miracle was when, uh, when the, was it the Oilers and the Bills? Is that? The Music no, City was, Miracle? Was Tennessee, yeah, Music City Miracle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's probably my most memorable playoff <laughs> moment. I think I was a rookie or it was after, right after my first year. And I was just getting in and I was like, damn, that's a hell of a game. Insane insane <laughs> and uh, john said i think i missed my question but you ready to suit up ricky ha 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 you know it's funny i used to think that i was and then there was a we did a celebrity flag football game a couple I'm weeks ago ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> no i am not ready mm -mm. it was the first time like being back in a competitive environment and what my mind wanted to do my body was like and i'm still recovering that was about a month ago. <laughs> Who was LT playing? I know he was. Uh, no, he was a coach. He was coaching. T.O. Okay. out there? T.O. was out there. T.O. Okay. made some plays. Yeah. T.J. Hushmanzada, he was the MVP. He killed it. 
TJ, who's your mama, was the MVP? Nice. Jordan, Jordan Carson. Jordan Carson was their quarterback. Okay. You know, he got, he's got a laser. And so it was just him and TJ. Yeah. We, we couldn't do anything about it. It was a close game. You know what? They actually won on a Hail Mary. TJ, TJ kind of tipped Hail Mary in the end zone to beat us. It's, it was fun, though, because I grew up a big Chargers fan. And even though they're up in L.A. to be wearing Chargers gear and be out there on the field, it was special. That was pregame, right? No, it was, we did it on a Monday. So it was, okay. it was right after the day after their game. And a lot of the current players were out there. So nice. that was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Is there, is there a specific running back that you like right now? Like his running style or just someone that you like, you enjoy watching for Joe no Mixon. particular reason? Joe Mixon. Oh, Joe Mixon. Oh. Bringing it. I mean, even though he went to OU. He, <laughs> you know, when they're clicking, when they're clicking, you, you can't stop an efficient quarterback and a tough running back that's always going to get you at least three. You can't stop that. Who can catch the ball? There's just too many offensive weapons. Yeah. What do you, And what do you think of the Chase, Higgins, and Boyd trio out there, wide receivers? You know, so in the position groups, you know, so when we come to work, we start the day and it's a team meeting. So we have a whole team in there. The head coach talks to us. And then usually the defense leaves and goes to the defensive meeting room. The offense stays and we have another meeting. And then we all go into our separate position group rooms and we have another meeting. And so when you see a unit like that, a receiver's unit, it's real, right? When they're all clicking like that, it's because yeah. they have a certain standard in that room that they all like are challenged by. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Who do you think is, well, and not who do you think is better, but who would you say is more of your favorite wide receiver if you had to pick one of the young ones out of Jefferson and Chase? Jefferson. Ah, no, 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 no. Chase. Chase. <laughs> Jefferson until this year, but Chase is killing it. Yeah. 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 And that cute and the connection with Burrow. I mean, that's just, that, that could be that little piece that just gives him the edge too. Cause they're like in sync. I mean, man, like they, he drops some dimes to him. It's confidence. You know, when you have confidence that you can throw the ball and that your receiver is going to make a play and you have, and the receiver has confidence that the quarterback's going to throw the ball and give you an opportunity to make a play. You can't beat that. Yeah. It was hard when they came out in the white. It was the white with the white tiger joint this year. Yeah. Yeah. I was All like, they need, yeah. they need to do that more. I just made the connection. He went from the he went from the tigers to the Bengals. So he's yeah. 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 Carried that swag over. Yeah, for sure. But a a Bengals is a tiger, right? Yeah. So he went yeah. from the tiger to a different to a yeah, they, yeah, because they they had like the white helmets with the you know the stripes still. What up, Chris? And Tino, shout out to Tino for the super chat. Say, can you ask Ricky what he thinks about Coach Prime and Colorado? I almost caught him up and said, hey, you need a running back coach? I think it's great. You know, I wish more, more retired players would get into coaching because, you know, I always loved playing for coaches who played because we weren't like just chess pieces to them. We were human beings and they could relate to our experience. So yeah. I, again, I hope more great players get back. And it's a wonderful way to give back. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of pissed that he left, that he left, you know, and then go, we'll go over to Colorado, but I feel like he could only do so much over there as well. I mean, they, no one's really taking him seriously over there either, as far as like, you know, SEC or anything like that, or just the players in general, but now he's going to be able to get more players on a bigger stage. Yeah. But I think it's bigger, it's bigger than him staying there forever. You know, I think he created a lot of attention. You know, Eddie George is now coaching a team. Ed Reed just is coaching a team. So I think he, he really started something. And I, yeah, I, good for him. I mean, I'm, I can't, I can't wait to watch the product that they put on the field. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be awesome.
and Hessa said we'll be able to watch any playoff games with you and the Heisman squad in the multiverse or in the metaverse. I mean, yeah. So we, we got a cease and desist letter from the NFL. So you know we're still <laughs> we had to. We, <laughs> I guess you, I guess that you're not. You made it. You know that means you made it. It was nice though. It was. They said it said Eric Myron, aka Ricky Williams, in parentheses Heisman. You know, it, it was trippy because when I, when you're in the drug program, which I was in for like 10 years and you get busted, it comes through a FedEx and a FedEx from the NFL. So I went outside and there was a FedEx from the NFL. My heart started beating real fast. And I was like, <laughs> PTSD. I was like okay, exactly. I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. So we're, <laughs> that was we're trying to get something done for the playoffs. We're reaching out to some bar owners we know, and we're trying to figure out how they do it so that we can make sure that we're not pissing the NFL. NFL off as we enjoy football and cannabis together in the Heisman house. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I'm, there's gotta be a way. Cause that's really what you guys are, right? You're just going to exactly. football, but you're exactly. in. It's a lounge. It's a lounge. Yeah, exactly. same thing. Exactly. All right. And let's see. And Marco from the future. My bad. We missed this question <laughs> earlier. He said, good evening from the future, Mr. Williams. He said the bears could draft Will Anderson with the first overall. Why would they do that? <laughs> Marco just like see, he said that the Bears are gonna draft like a long snapper. They're just gonna like completely fuck it up and just like completely botch on the first pick. I think you know the safe thing is to stack. You know, you got yeah. if you got a young quarterback that you believe in, like build weapons. Yeah, I hope they could get a good deal done for for that first because if they're gonna keep Fields, no way they should be drafting with that with the first. Get as many picks as you can out of that somehow. Who do you think the first pick should be? It's probably going to be, uh, yeah, probably going to be Bryce Young. I don't know if he should be, but. In, in the world that, in the event that someone trades that pick, right, and they would probably trade it soon, I would imagine, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I thought my Niners were going to trade up, you know what I mean? We traded up to three, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like a month in advance. Like, well, actually, like a month and some change before the, the NFL draft, you know what I mean? So you could do your quote-unquote due diligence, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would assume, like, if. Like, look at Derek Carr. He, they're trying to deal him right now. They're already saying, like, oh, he, you know, they're shopping already because, you know, come February, he's going to, you know, be owed X amount of money. You know what I mean? February 15th. Yeah. So they're like, boom, they're shopping him. Hmm. Like, <clears throat> and, like, you know, I'm not saying that the Bears are going to get him or anything. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, people's trying to make moves already. Yeah. Tino said, I think C.J. Stroud and Peacock <laughs> said C.J. Stroud to Houston, please. Yeah, Judge Davis Mills Lane. Like, he's just not the answer over there. I like Davis Mills, though. But he's just a novelty for me. <laughs> yeah, let's get it out. <laughs> we just like to drop an R.I.P. to Mills Lane. And, yeah, uh, R.I.P. to Mills Lane. <laughs> what, what do you think about the QB carousel that we saw? Because I think last time you were on, I mean, it was kind of before – all this all before Russell Wilson, you know, moved around and before Watson moved teams. But what do you think about all these trades that we're seeing now compared to previous years? No, I think one of the most difficult things to do is to go to a new team. You know, especially if you've established yourself somewhere, because you're going to have to start over. Is one thing if you've struggled going to a new team is like a fresh start. But if you've been pretty successful when you go to a new team, you got to reprove your, prove yourself all over again. I think Russell Wilson is a, a great example. You know, but you know, I had a coach, North Turner, one time. He sat me down and he said, You oh. know what? He said, There's something in this league where players 
when they're at their best, they usually don't get compensated for it, but they get paid more when they're over, when they're past their prime to kind of make up for it. And I, I feel like, why would the Broncos put go all in on Russell Wilson? Didn't they see him play last year? Yeah. You know? That there was something like he felt he fell off. You know, I'm not even insulting him. I'm saying it's 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 natural. You know? Yeah. But, we like, were talking about that. I went and I rewatched what we did a year ago, and like that was the one thing that you were talking about. Like, what was up with them? Like, why <laughs> he just looked a lot different. And I mean, the beginning of the year he starts off good and he broke that middle finger or whatever it was, right? Yeah, he's been all off ever since that. Yeah, it was, this was a strange year for quarterbacks. You know, I think people were shocked by they're still in the playoffs, but Brady struggled a little bit this year. You know, yeah, and uh, you know, Jalen Hurts impressed a lot of people this year. He really yeah. grew up. He grew up a whole lot. Yeah, know? and then Baker Mayfield, the whole Baker Mayfield thing. You know, <laughs> is Aaron yeah, Rodgers? Yeah. It's an interesting year for quarterbacks. Yeah, a lot. It was a lot of it was upside down, and yeah, Jalen yeah, Hurts. My, my Niners are on the third string. You know what I'm saying? The third string, the literal Mister Irrelevant, last <laughs> pick of the draft. Yeah, I but even to get I like him play a lot. Brock Purdy, like, yeah, I watched him play a lot in college. You know, I covered the Longhorns, and so I got to see Iowa State play a decent amount. And he was yeah. fun to watch. He's fun to watch in college. So, so much of making the ship is really finding the right system. If you find the right system and coaches that believe in you. You're going to be all right. You're yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. And and shout out to Chris from Patriot Sports Radio. You the man with the super chat, bro. Appreciate you. He said, I love this show. This is great sports talk. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And has said the last nine weeks for T-Law, definitely impressive. Yeah. He's a Libra though. And uh, that's <laughs> one thing. I don't know. Like he, we <laughs> had a lot of Libra action in the top 10. I don't hate on the Libras, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, Lil Wayne's a Libra. Yeah, you know, like, so are you guys starting to bring a little bit more like astrology into what you're doing? Well, oh, yeah, definitely. Kind yeah, of sprinkle it in a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, and funny, yeah. you know, said it earlier. He's like, I like how we categorize guys by the signs now. <laughs> yeah. 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 But give me a little bit more insight into Libras. But I remember us when we were talking. So we've only had one Libra finish in the top 10 over the last 10 years. And that was Jared Goff. That the one year that he did good with the Rams. But give me, give me some Libra traits as far as like why it would be good or bad for a QB. Okay, this is the major difficulty for a QB, is the dark side of Libra. And this doesn't show up in all Libras. You know, when we talk about a sign, it's like when you're having a good day, you're at your best. Okay, you don't have to worry about the shadow side or the dark part of the sign. But when you're having a bad day, that's how it's going to manifest. Okay, right. So the thing about Libras when they're having a bad day is they're indecisive. Okay, so I, I would expect, you know, if we do the stats that we'd see Libras might throw more picks than other signs. Because in the quarterback position, you got to learn to pull the trigger. You got to pull the trigger. And if you're sitting back and you're like, he's open and he's open because the, the Libra are the scales, the balance. Okay. And if he's open and he's open, who do I throw to? Right? It's difficult. Mm -hmm. So indecisiveness is a negative trait. A positive trait is the other side of the scales, right? Is they can handle a lot of information, you know, because they could, they balance stuff. It's an air sign. It's intellectual. Okay. They might know the right thing to do, but pulling the trigger can sometimes be difficult. Yeah. And even though all of this isn't raining, you know, 100% true, just the patterns and everything that I've noticed yeah. from all this. And it's like the Leos, those are the top dogs when it comes to the QBs. I mean, led by Tom Brady over yeah. there, bringing up the average Sagittarius right behind and then Capricorn right behind that. And then yeah. for the Sages, you got 
Rodgers and right. Wilson, and then for the Capricorns, you got Drew Brees. So there's a couple right. guys bringing up the averages. You know, like I, I think where we can even like play with this, it's not so much who's better or worse, but we can get an understanding of different styles of play. Yeah. You know, different styles of play. Like I was saying, the Pisces typically are going to be more imaginative, more freeform, you know, making mm-hmm. it work, right? Also, Gemini's going to be more freeform. Leo's, you know, king, right? They're just going to be there, right? Leaders, Leo's usually are really strong leaders. Sag, sh- uh, gunslingers, Sag's are gunslingers. Yeah. 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 So th- there's a certain style. The other thing is that, when, you know, we sat down and you look at a chart, it's more than just the sun. Right. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on. And so, you know, as we get more in, in depth, we, you know, we can find even more specific patterns because we're looking at more data points. But I think yeah. a good place to start, because you're even just with the sun, you're starting to notice patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to be the new age Leo. Yeah. He's going to be bringing it up, him and Kyler. And uh, man, what do you think about Kyler? I mean, he gets the big bag. I, going back and watching what we talked about a year ago, I was so off Cliff Kingsbury. Like, <laughs> even if it's been like more than a year, but man, he's a bum with his play calling. So I'm glad that they did move on and we're going to switch things up. Yeah. You know, it's tough when you get the bag, when you get the big bag to not at least to somewhat get a big, somewhat get a big head. Yeah, you know, I think it's just part of the process, but yeah. you know, it can only expand so much and then you get humbled, it comes back down and now it's time to get to work. You know, he's still so young as a player and he's going to keep developing, but obviously he's excited. He's fun to watch. I think he's one of the mobile quarterbacks that is just as efficient and effective with his arm. Yeah. And I think that's why I like to watch him. Yeah. What do you think about that clause that they put in his contract? They put it in there and then they took it away, but about how he had to do so much like, like a film study throughout the week. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's, I understand what they were doing because if you look at the best quarterbacks in the league consistently, not all of them, but a large percentage of them, you know, not because they have to, but part of the habit that makes them good is the preparation is the time they put in. I don't think, you know, I don't think you should force it. It was like when a, when I signed my contract, they put a clause that if I was over 240 pounds, <laughs> oh my God, they put a tweaky clause in my contract. <laughs> We're grown men, right? You got to let us be grown men. We're not going to be perfect, but you got to let us figure it out without punishment. <clears throat> what do you think about Kyler's choice to like wait? I think he waited like five weeks or something like that before he got the surgery. Yeah. You know, I think it's good. I think, you know, <clears throat> surgery is real. It's a, it cha- you're changing your body for the rest of your life, you know? And I think it's something that players should spend more time thinking about. You know? It's easy, you know, especially when we get caught up in these conversations, you know, we forget that these are people, you know? Yeah. And that the effects of this game potentially, you know, are going to be with us for, for our whole lives. Yeah. And now he gets to play Call of Duty like all year. So I'm sure he's going to be like super that's, excited about that. That's probably why he did it. Wait until the season was over. So then he had free time to just do rehab and Call of Duty. That's yeah. what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, man, it's going to it's gonna be interesting over there. For fantasy football, I don't think we're going to be targeting at least anybody on offense for the Cardinals. IDP, though. I mean, some of these defensive guys will for sure, IDP. Be, yeah. for sure be doing that. I'm saying I, every time I'm watching a game now and I see a pick, I'm being like, everyone's looking yeah. at me like, what the, what the? <laughs> I like it. I'm going to start making a bunch of shirts. I'm going to have to send you one of the please. IDP live shirts. Please, please, please. Yeah. Please. And then Dennis says, Libra's in the house. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. 
for the tight ends though i mean if you're a libra and you're a tight end like i want you on my squad because i'll say libras libras are smooth that that's the best part they're smooth right they look good they move they're they just the way they move they get it you know and and the top libras in the game for tight ends travis kelsey and uh, george kittle yeah I think part of that is because the scales, you know, tight ends are, it's like a flex position, you know what I mean? And they have to block. Sometimes they even run, they catch screens, they do everything. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish I'd just let a guy, you know, I mean, guys like Kyle Pitts, I wish he would have went somewhere where he didn't have to block. He could just go and just be able to catch and that's it. Not even have to worry about blocking. Exactly. And uh, Marco says, what do you think about the possibility of two NFL games in Germany next season? I love it. I love the NFL going international. I think it's a wonderful game. And the more we can spread this game around the world, I think it's better for anyone involved with football in the NFL. What I like about it is, you know, I've traveled a lot and I've coached football around the world and there's some really good athletes international. And I think as the game spreads, we're going to see the NFL become more of an international league. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait till we start getting some, you know, players from Africa and Germany coming into the league and, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. And what do you think, like, from a player standpoint? I mean, is it tough to go over there, to go over to Germany, go over to, you know, cross water and play? I never went across the water and played, but I'm the kind of person I love to travel, so I would love it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, you know some guys are like, I just want to be home, rested, relaxing. This is a lot of travel. I'm tired. But for me, I love it. It's all part of the experience. Yeah. And a shout out to our man, Crispy. <laughs> Crispy's a plumber by trade. And he's like watching us from under a house right now. And he says, Ricky, you can come crawl under houses with me. And he's out in Texas. So he's always shouting you out. <laughs> that is, You're the man, Crispy. That is great. And, and everyone. Hey, Alex, I'm sorry, Alex. I got to jump. I got a reading right now. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good, Ricky. Yeah. yeah. I was great hanging out with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Until next Ricky. Week. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Be we'll easy. See you next time. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, money grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Pocket, it don't make sense, but don't make a profit. So the hustle, ladies and homies, make money, make money, money, money. I want to find a thing to save my life. So I hustle, hustle. It ain't over for me. No, it ain't over for me. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money! Show me the money! Okay, let's go smoke that joint.